sink. sink. Beautiful. We're so good at this. Hello, and everyone. Uh, oh. <laughs> Are we starting Oops. over? Nah, we're good. No, we'll keep Hello, it. Hello, everybody, it. and welcome to the Anime Trending Podcast. Thank you, James. I. It's been a long day. Uh, we're here with James, myself, and Medi. And Agnes. And you have the four of us today. Uh, these we had uh, as of what uh, what thirty minutes ago, uh, breaking an news. Ago, uh, an hour ago, yeah. Kana Anazawa and Kensho Ono are married. Uh, they made yes. a release statement online. And for those who don't know, there are two very well-known voice actors and actresses in the industry. Uh, Kana Hanazawa has the voice behind Cells at Work. I'm sorry, Cells at Work. The Red Blood Cells at Work. Uh, what else did she do? Well, She's the voice. Kana Hanazawa uh, was Cells at Work. But she, she was, was Cells at Work. She was one of the Cells at Work. That's true. Actually, oh, Cells at Work takes place in Kana Hanazawa's body. That, that'd be oh. hilarious. <laughs> um, she, she was also, she's also Onodera from Nisekoi. And Steinsgate, yes. Shirase in a place further than the universe. Bless oh, her heart. Oh, thank you. Yes. I forgot. I mean, about she's uh, been in everything. She's been in a she's lot been of stuff. A lot of things. And then, uh, and then Kensho Ono, the legend. He has a dream, or at least his character does. Yeah, most recently and most iconically, the gang star himself. Uh, Giorno Giovanna. Yep. Giovanni, sorry. Giovanna no, 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 uh, from Jujo. No, Giovanna. 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 Oh, Giorno, oh, sorry, Giovanna. Okay. Jojo, that's the it's the it's the dumb fun when they manage to sneak Jojo into something that begins with the letter G. That's oh, I just realized he's Tanaka from Tanaka Kun is always lifeless. I didn't realize that. Oh, that's an interesting. Oh, yeah. To to Kensho Ono's credit, he has voiced a lot of stuff over the years, and he has been really watching him like rise up in popularity and like bigger name roles like in recent years in the 2010s. Yeah, like. Jojo's is huge. Getting cool. the lead for Jojo's is very solid. Mm-hmm. Very big solid. But yeah, that's uh, that's just what's happening recently. So that's why we're high on energy and talking a lot because uh, we're very happy for them. And on behalf of the anime training staff, we congratulate them and hope all goes well for them. And yeah, very exciting. But today we're going to talk to this podcast. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. Well, I don't know their English, but you know their managers could. Who knows? Um. <laughs> With that in mind, uh, we just finished the what would have been Anime Expo 2020, but unfortunately has been moved on to virtual called Anime Expo Lite this past weekend due to ongoing circumstances in the world. Uh, we tuned into Anime Expo Lite, Funimation Con, and Aniplex Online Fest, so we're just going to talk about the three conventions. Uh, we attended all three, uh, more or less, as well as did some coverage on Anime Trading News, so do check out some of the articles we wrote. But kind of diving into the circumstances as we all three have been to anime expo many times and all the conventions like cruncher expo fanime in san jose uh, anime central in chicago agnes myself went to anime nyc uh this past uh november october I forgot which which month There's November. Um, and, and uh, we do f- also and uh, you, went oh, to, you went overseas for a convention didn't you yes i went to uh c3 afa uh, anime festival uh, asia in singapore uh, Medi and James love to go to Car Expo. They went for the first time last year. I went. For uh, the James first went time for the first year. time. Uh, James noting, went for the first time. I've only been to Anime Expo once, actually. Despite, oh, you're right. Yeah, like three Crunchyroll Expos now, and at least five Fanimes. But yeah, AX. It was my first time, and this year probably would have been my second. But eh. here we are. Uh, 
But the first con we're going to dive into is Funimation Con, uh, because I believe this was the first one that was announced in the industry uh, once things started getting pretty bad in March and April, unfortunately, in the world. But Funimation Con was the first one. And some of the big highlights for me was they had world premieres. I don't think Anime Expo had any world premiere anime that I'm aware of. Uh, Aniplex Online Fest did not, but Funimation Con premiered uh, the anime adaptation of By the Grace of Gods, uh, which isn't going to come out until October of this year right now, which is crazy. And also they uh, world premiered Decadence, which is an original anime by the director of uh, Death Parade, uh, Death Billiards, and he also directed uh, Mob Psycho 100 both seasons. Um... I think Agnes and myself watched. I'm not sure about James and Medi. I tagged in like the towards the end of it. Not much okay. of it, yeah. It was but it was tough I... to watch all the stuff this weekend because it was also my birthday weekend. So that's oh, true. That's right. Right. Happy Happy birthday. Birthday to James. Thank you. I approach death ever closer. No, I please mean, don't we're all think slowly that. Dying. No, please no, don't. This is <laughs> but you also based on the average. You've broken oh. your record of years lived. It's a life thing too. Yeah, but it's based uh, statistically on the average life expectancy for a human male. I am officially one quarter of the way through my lifespan. Let's go. Oh my god, James. Lovely. Okay. Uh, I hope you had a good birthday. I Definitely unfortunate with what's been happening, but next year, when all hopefully is restored, we'll have a grand time at Anime Expo, and uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. But with that in mind, Funimation Con, um, by the grace of God, gods, uh, Gracie who couldn't join us tonight, uh, I watched it with Agnes, Gracie, and myself, and holy shit, I wish we recorded Gracie's squeal uh, each time oh, she saw the slimes that bounced. Is- Isabel was also with us, too. Oh, yes, Isabel was. Thank you. Yeah. Isabel was, too. But Gracie's uh, squeal of enjoyment was incredible. Yeah, um, she shrieked. Grace- Actually, no, she shrieked, she, in both- shrieked. she shrieked in both panels, both Decadence and By the Grace of Gods. Oh, okay. What did oh. she shriek about? Uh, she Decadence? shrieked about Pipe. Oh yes! Uh, I forgot. Yes. I was in an inde- I was yes. in an independent call with her and Isabel when we were watching Decadence, and then when we were watching By the Grace of Gods, we joined up with you. That's why. Got it. So she squealed in both panels, regardless. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, for I'm the sorry, By, Grace, by the Grace of God, this. don't worry. She we we have permission to talk about her. Um, by the Grace of God was really enjoyable. It was very wholesome, um, and it really catches you off guard. I don't want to spoil it too much for our fans who do plan to watch in October, but uh, it felt like a wholesome uh, slice-of-life uh, isekai anime, but then they trick you by halfway going through the guy's backstory, and you're like, oh, oh my god, that it's... makes sense. And then you kind of feel bad for him, but then also you're really glad that he's reborn in this other world now to live the best of his life, similar to uh, other popular isekai that have kind of had characters living the best of their life. Um but yeah, it it was. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to when it comes out in October. I kind of like the setup of By the Grace of Gods, where we actually aren't introduced to his monologue thoughts in the first mm-hmm. half, mm-hmm. and so it kind of has this air of enigma to him when you're watching it. Versus in a lot of isekais, they usually start off with in the view of the main protagonist getting transported to the other world, and they have all this knowledge, and at some point you kind of become desensitized to it you kind of get bored of that formulaic routine so with the yeah, grace of the guides by exposition them... dump at the beginning of shows is, is kind of I don't, I don't want to call it lazy because i've never written a story myself but it also feels kind of lazy it is lazy <laughs> um gracie will contend with that because she complains about the fate series a lot and how it info dumps you in the first like 10 episodes which is true 
Well, that's an argument she and I will have to have later because that's a hill I'm going to die <laughs> besides, on. <laughs> but besides that, there is a good point of why story building, story building is built over time and not info dumped within the first season and the first, at least, first exposition of the first half of the episode. In Grace of Gods, they don't do that. They just have the warrior. Is it okay if I spoil it just for this portion? It's episode cool. one. What, are, what on earth are you sure, going to spoil? Sure, it's episode one. Okay, so sure. in the first portion of this episode... A group of warriors find our main character. Our main character tells them certain things about himself and they take it for self-granted. They take it as face value. And that in itself, I think, is really interesting because we never really quite see it from the side of the NPC or the side characters, per se. It's always within the perspective of the main character in an isekai novel. So that's what I thought was really interesting and what really pulled me in other than like the cute slice of life. Oh, I didn't really think about that. But looking back at it now, yeah, you're right. I was just too distracted by... Like that. Yeah. ReZero. It it does. Saga, Mm -hmm. Tanya the Evil, My Villainess, all of... And the sentence of a bookworm, all of them start in the perspective of an isekai. And that is Mm. a formula that has been never penetrated before. As in, like, it's never been changed. I do have, um... I mean, my next life as a villainess is really fresh in my mind. And I did like how they started off, like, in the world already. And she regains memories of her past life like later like oh i <laughs> when did i get isekai'd <laughs> and oh, right. also that one time i got killed yeah <laughs> <laughs> well what you mentioned about uh, uh the point of view from npcs as well i can absolutely agree that that makes things more interesting and that was again the charm of villainous mm-hmm. to me yeah. Which is what I'm making this podcast about now, I guess. Uh, we have an episode <laughs> on that. <laughs> we do. But we do. Overall, The Grace of Gods is, while a bit more slice of life in the isekai genre, is surprising mm. in its own ways. And I think worth looking forward to for the full season. Yeah. That's, Same. That's interesting. I'll probably check it out. Uh, uh, it's a good show. It's a good show to debut. I can't wait. I'm sad we have to wait three months now, but uh, it's hooked me up for uh, one show. I definitely want to watch uh, next season, which is that. It'll just make you uh, even along... more excited for when it actually comes out. <laughs> no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they also premiered Decadence, which I'm personally excited for. Uh, primarily because I've been following it for quite a while now. Definitely more in depthly after Cruncher Expo, uh, because the director was at the convention for Mob Psycho 100, and he's directing the series, and it's original. Um, it's like a post-apocalyptic uh, survival kind of mech, not quite mecha, you know but they live in a giant of? mecha show. What does it remind you of? Have you heard of the Mortal Engine series? Oh, yes. No. It's got a terrible movie adaptation, but it's bit. basically <laughs> giant cities that are also robots that play Hungry Hungry Hippos with each other. There you go, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Or think of it like Howl's Moving Castle kind of mechanics. Yeah, if anything, thank you. Yeah. There's another aspect that I pointed this out in an article that I'm writing with Gracie is that Decadence kind of reminds me of like Mad Max or like Junkertown vibes uh, simply because there's mm-hmm. a lot of very outdated mechs and there's a lot of, they call them fighter teams, but they can't seem more like raiding teams that go outside the Decadence to collect resources of sorts. That's a good way to put it. Uh, I, I there's a lot. It's something you want to watch and yeah. kind of absorb for a bit to really fully appreciate it. I can't really put it into words right now because it's been, it's been a long weekend. But very happy with those two premieres and 
I think one of the major highlights of Funimation Con was that they had those two premieres. But uh, I know Agnes, you also spotlighted some. You also watched some other panels, like mm-hmm. the Hanako Kun. Yeah, the Hanako Kun panel was really interesting. It was split in half between seeing how Funimation production is like at home with these voice actors, like they're making their own sound booths and stuff, and they're actually doing almost like a Zoom call or FaceTime call. And recording with some really innovative software like on their Surface tablets and iPads that allow them to rearrange the clips of their voices. And it's really cool. On the flip side, the second half of the panel featured Megumi Ogata, who is the voice actor for Hanako-kun on the Japanese side. And she also had a lot of thoughts about the COVID changes and her involvement with the Hanako series. Um... I really liked listening to her perspective and also comparing it to Funimation. And after that, I went to go see the Human Lost panel. I've seen Human Lost last year at Anime Expo 2019 when the movie debuted and then eventually um, went on to theaters that same year. And the panel was more so touching up on the producers, uh, emphasizing that some of the elements in human loss is actually quite relatable to the COVID period, especially with how people are inherently very selfish when it comes to preserving mm. <laughs> their own health. Mm. And it's very heavily emphasized actually in human loss, especially when it's related to the government core and the upper class and their privileges, which is very interesting. But on the other hand, we had also the two voice actors for human loss one who plays Yoshiko and the other one who plays Obata. And they just kind of sat there and they talked about a lot of what they've been doing as voice actors, how they got into voice acting. And the voice actress for Yoshiko also talked about how, because she's been in quarantine, she has been trying out new Korean foods and watching Korean drama. So that was very relatable and very interesting. <laughs> oh, I would go for some Korean food. That's pretty That's That's nice. It was a very chill panel i think it feels um, like it feels like a it feels like one of the panels that you would just see at a convention which is nice it, it keeps them yeah it's yeah. what i think what i really like about these interviews with the japanese hosts uh, with the japanese voice actors and stuff is that there's no barrier anymore with a translator but because that they have questions and the japanese people can just talk on and on about yeah. themselves and it just makes it so much more interesting and enriching right rather than just... rather than having that time constraint and the translator having to translate everything they say. Right, because they pre-record and subtitle. That's a very good point. It feels like a much more detailed Q&A. It feels very wholesome, if anything. Yeah. They're so much more free. They're so much more free to express themselves. And you can clearly see that in the other cons too, um, especially Aniplex Online, which is oh, another yeah. topic oh, yes. we will touch upon. <laughs> yeah. We will touch on that soon. Um, that's all I really watched from Funimation Con. Um, watch some of the some of the other panels. I think were live. Some of them were live, but I, I don't know. I think they were either they looked like they were pre-recorded, but they oh, could have been made off I of can live. Clarify for that. Uh, most of the Funimation stuff was live, especially if oh, okay. it was the gaming portions of Funimation yes, Con. Yes, they had the My Hero gaming yep. portion with uh, the English voice actor cast. Yes, the Hanoko-kun panel, the one that I talked about, where Funimation production is done at home. A good portion, some a good portion of it was done live. Um, it wasn't hmm. actually pre-recorded because some of them were more pre-recorded if they were individual voice actors like answering to certain questions. But right. I think the two hosts did it live, so That's that really was cool. really huh. interesting. 
Uh, but for the rest of all the other cons, I believe most of them were pre-recorded. Uh, some of Anime Expo was live, if I do recall. Um, we can move on to Anime Expo, or actually quick touch on Funimation uh, too. Overall, execution was pretty good. A uh, good interface. Uh, they had chats. They had different options. They had like a Q&A section built into the Funimation Con. They had a lot of s- scheduling programming. Um, and they, did, they were first and out the window, so people knew about it. Like Only out, thing out I had issues turn, out the door. Yeah, thank you. Out the window. <laughs> out the window. <laughs> yes. Uh, back in the medieval ages, I'm. Uh, what is it called? Not defenestrating, but you're, you're getting yeah, thrown yeah, out the window. You're defenestrating the. Uh... Thank you. It is. I, I did remember the word. Excellent. I'm going to defenestrate out the convention. Um, no, uh, but my personal issue was the badge. It was cool that you could register and do that stuff, but I think it was a little bit confusing for people to realize that they had to register. Um, it felt which like I thought was because odd. the other online conventions that were going on were just Twitch or YouTube streams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, and that's... I kind of appreciate the fact that they were able to differentiate rooms in Funimation because the two panels weren't the two rooms weren't actually exclusively the same they might Correct. have been That's running true. certain things but both the decadence and by the grace of gods were only in room two and not room one mm-hmm. so so i think having a website like that that is quote-unquote potentially password protected by a badge is interesting it also it also is a way to potentially monetize your rooms but at the same time it is more cumbersome than compared to watching a live stream for Anime Expo Lite and Anyplex Lite as if you were watching a live stream for esports. Mm-hmm. Now, those rooms, were they concurrently airing programming? Like They were. They were. Yes. So that's um, interesting. So you... But you could be uh, in room one, and it'd be, mm-hmm. it could, depending on the time slot, it could be showing a completely different show compared to room two. You would have to match right. up the two schedules. Which is kind of... I mean, that really recreates the con experience, which yeah. is FOMO, ever, just so much FOMO, uh, fear of missing out for those who aren't familiar with the acronym. And in a lot of ways, it's good because it shows how much content they had if the schedule was so tight that they had things simultaneously airing. But again, one of my gripes with this weekend was that we had three different online conventions going on at the same time and it's like yeah that i don't understand i was actually talking about it to other people online within my mutual friend groups and everyone's like yeah why was it all in the same weekend i'm like don't ask me i just go to them (laughs) (laughs) i just have to report them there's nothing else i can do we'll get to it at the very end of this convention uh not convention (laughs) welcome uh, to anime trending (laughs) oh my god that would be so much we are your four hosts and only four attendees and you're only four guests but oh god no Uh, i'm stepping off the stage goodbye the broom closet downstairs in my uh in my apartment there you go uh, one of the, I think, the issues I wish Funimation worked a little bit on was either I didn't pay attention to it, but when you went to the Funimation Con section on the Funimation.com website, it oh. didn't link you to the Funimation Con link. I think that was one of the issues that I wish they yeah, so remember to update next time. That's the that's definitely one problem I had while setting up at like 8 a.m. in the morning and knowing I had to report to a panel at 8.30, was trying to figure out where the link was it wasn't clear not mm-hmm. even the schedule for funimation con was clear i was on their not social just... media and anime lab which was also co-hosting it with funimation just be glad you weren't uh looking for an actual room in a huge convention center because <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was imagining it's like 8 a.m get up i gotta be at this panel where is it <laughs> 
the the stress is now not physical stress, but it's now mental stress as you sit in your yes. computer trying to find it with uh, yep. caffeinated energy. That That's actually be. more frustrating because you can't just walk around or ask somebody. And find it. Right, yeah. But even then, even if you asked around, not everybody knows. Yep. Just saying. At least if you're doing it yourself and it's on the internet, it's all on you. You don't have to take it out on someone. <laughs> That's true. I want to take it out on someone. You could take it on a chat. Who knows? <laughs> Oh boy, yeah. um, but with that, Funimation Con, overall, well done, I would say. Uh, I do hope Funimation does more online stuff like this, and I commend them for doing a world premiere. Like I mentioned, other two cons didn't have that, and securing world premieres is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the major highlights of Animex each year that we, uh, yeah, the United States fans in Los Angeles are some of the first in the world to see certain animes, too. Um, I think Promare, yeah, Promare was Promare the world was premiere the at Animex, with, to give one example. Oh, yeah. Uh, very first two and it's incredible that ax has evolved to that level where all of a sudden an audience uh anime is, is essentially mainly for the japanese audience but a foreign essentially for japanese it's foreign audience they're the first ones to watch too i think that's incredible so i definitely want to commend funimation for that i will want to say now- though that with virtual con i think it's easier to see premieres mainly because in an actual con you always run into technical issues that's true. With at least and limited with seating. Issues with I mean, you could basically well, technically but, yeah. run technical issues with streaming, but at least it's modern technology versus convention technology is much older. You're dealing with a lot more obsolete things, and it's Break more difficult. Break out that 16-pin cable, let's go. <laughs> exactly. It's it's funny you say that, because at Animex for Light, when it was about to start on a live stream at YouTube, it was taken down. Oh, <laughs> That's what yeah. I heard. Well, well, for violating terms of service. Oh, Anime is illegal on YouTube. <laughs> oh, jeez. Thank you, so, jail for YouTube crimes. Thank you. YouTube crimes. So both sides have its perks. Uh, don't get me wrong. Moving a lot of people in and out can feel overwhelming and a little bit old school because the whole point of conventions back in the day, like Comic-Con, was to buy comics. You have one central location to buy comics. And for AX, it was essentially a central location to buy anime merch or anime... Uh, uh, VH, VHS Are you and, telling and whatnot me that's then. not the primary thing you do at cons is spend all your money on merch? <laughs> oh, it absolutely st- still is now. But now the programming has caught up to being in- as enticing as as the purchasing stuff too. In true. the past, programming was uh, very fan-oriented. It was, you got some buddies and you're an expert in fan dubbing or whatever or fan subbing and then you talked about it or you did transition work or you worked for anime news network and that's all they had didn't have japanese guests or premieres and world events that's finally caught up to here ax where Mm -hmm. you can go to ax to get exclusive merch and a ton of merch as well and now also be some the first in the world to see this anime like that's a a, a, quite a huge step up to where we are today so that makes a lot Um, of sense because like in japan you have things like comic head and stuff right it's mainly just there for Mm -hmm. fandom well, not fandom merch, but in this case, they're selling fan books. Fan-produced. Well, it's literally fan comic marketing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just marketing. But then now, it's we actually have connections to the industry that gives us privileges to mm-hmm. watch these things I would, alongside Japanese guests. I would love to continue guests. this conversation on the topic of virtual cons, but I'm pretty sure we said we were going to do that after we discussed the other two. And I am itching, <laughs> yes. I am itching to hear about the Bushiroad panel at Anime Expo Light because I missed it and I still haven't watched the VOD yet. It's Please, literally Betty. on YouTube. 
it's not blocked right now. I want to hear no, from no, 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 no. On Bushy Road's channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's one of the weird issues right now. AX's videos, most of them are blocked unless the people have published it. Funimation has it up on YouTube for a couple weeks. I think a couple days now. But yeah, Bushy Road. How was that, Medi? So, uh, yeah, Bushy Road had a mobile panel, which, you know, a lot of the contents they covered... Well, it focused on three things, three IPs, all of which are by Bushy Road, of course. Uh, Vanguard Zero, Bang Dream, Girls Band Party, the mobile game specifically, and D4DJ, Groovy Mix. The big takeaway headline from this is that D4DJ, Groovy Mix is getting a global English release. They didn't confirm a date yet, but D4DJ's one of Bushy Road's newest IPs, which mm-hmm. does have an anime confirmed to be coming somewhere. Um... It's going to be a rhythm game. Uh, it's a heavy yes. focus on EDM. So, yes. you know, <laughs> imagine you're taking Bang Dream where you have different groups of girl bands and musicians, singers, but there's like a DJ and EDM focus instead of rock, rock or whatever music. other genres. Pop, uh, a lot of rock, the music's actually stuff. available on Spotify and YouTube already, and it's good stuff. I'm a fan. I didn't think I liked EDM before. And seeing a little demo of that being played uh kind of got me interested again i mean only have so much time for mobile games but it was interesting to watch we are in the ideal situation for more time for mobile games though that okay fair <laughs> i was about to say we are stuck indoors uh waiting for our laundry to finish so crack your phone out bring up your phone and tap tap um, away but speaking of which the panel was hosted by karin kagami um, who is actually a member of the group Happy Around from D4DJ, and she emceed and like hosted the whole panel in really solid English. Apparently, she was born in the U.S., but then moved to Japan really young and actually like self-taught uh-huh. English later. So that wow, was really wow. that's amazing. Yeah, it, it was really cool to see and hear and uh, her moderate that pretty well, and also translating live when she said something in English, but then had to turn to the guests. Oh, were, shit, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, two guests being Aimee, who may be a familiar name. I mean, she's the voice of Kasumi in Bang Dream and so many other things within various Bushy Road IPs. And occasionally things out, outside of Bushy Road as well, of course. As well as Yuka Nishio, who is also uh, in one of the D4DJ groups and the newest Bang Dream group, Morphonica. Uh, they had a pretty fun Q&A session, touching on a lot of things. Um, trying to think if there was really any highlights from that. I mean, I do recommend watching it if you have any interest in Bang Dream, Cardfight Vanguard, or D4DJ, even though that's newer, because they had questions specific to all of those. And then a lot of it otherwise was just various announcements. It it really felt a lot like what I would compare to a Nintendo Direct, right? Where Ooh, it's okay. like, okay, here's a company. We make these games. We make these things. You want to hear updates about these franchises you follow. Boom, boom, boom. And I mean, it was more fun because you had guests. It was more engaging. But, um, you know, news on mobile game updates mainly on both Vanguard Zero and Bang Dream uh, English versions. And that was the other thing I wanted to touch on, actually, especially for broader anime fans who don't already follow any Bushiroad IPs, is Bushiroad does make a card game titled uh, Weissfarz, or... However you speak, I don't speak German. White shorts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, white shorts. White, white sauce. Thank yeah. You. White James sauce. German. You're right. White <laughs> sauce. No, it's white, black, and German. Weissfass. Anyway, this game, which does have an English edition, it's a trading card game, borrows IPs from several anime or other 
pieces of media, to be honest, which makes it pretty fun. Because if you have a favorite anime, and not just Bushiro titles, but like just existing things, it might have a set and you can play a game, like a card game against someone, as if you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, except they're playing Sword Art Online and you're playing a Konosuba deck. You can literally fight your anime against each other. But they did announce a lot of sets coming to the English edition, namely uh, Konosuba Legend of Crimson, so the movie's getting another update set for that franchise. FGO, Absolute Demonic Front Babylonia, doesn't oh, yeah. have a date, but it's soon. Uh, Madoka Magica Magia Record is getting a mobile game and an anime set, which I think is really interesting. Like, I guess those have different aesthetics or characters, possibly. Characters. The mobile game has more yeah. characters. The real yes, crazy do. thing, like half the reason I bring this up, is there aren't English exclusive sets to this game, which seems so unusual. Normally, you know, Japan has a ton of exclusive sets. They just never get localized because they wouldn't be big here. But they decided to go backwards and give some English exclusive. The f- most recent one that is, well, actually still coming soon, this November, is actually Adventure Time. So it's like, oh, that's cool. I know, yes. Wow. In this, like, anime card game, Adventure Time is coming, which is fun. Huh. It's like, okay, it's a Western IP. I get it. That's why it's English exclusive. They announced at this panel, Mob Psycho 100 is coming to the game as an English exclusive set. And I'm still wrapping my head around that because it's a Japanese IP. It's a Japanese anime. And that's just unprecedented. But That definitely is yeah. quite unusual. Uh, case in point, like FGO, I think a lot of fans play FGO. That's like saying it's, you have a servant exclusive to America only. I don't yeah. know if we have that, do we? Uh, we do not and we never will. So That's the thing. I don't think it ever will, but it's kind of like that well, level and magnitude. And even looking at Cardfight Vanguard, which is Bushy Road's biggest card game now vice force is older actually but you know vanguard doesn't they had like a tie exclusive set at one point but no nothing english exclusive that i can remember like cards or sets or anything and i think this just speaks to bushy roads like growing global presence and goals which i really like it's you know as a, as a member of a global audience yeah. <laughs> yeah, as, as a member of a fan not in japan i like that a lot of stuff is just going more and more global you know simultaneous or exclusive releases very fun uh it's this it's the same thing i mentioned with the premieres it's just we're getting stuff in america mm-hmm. it's it's quite incredible and you know the market can seem pretty niche as far as trading card games or even mm-hmm. the mobile games that bushy road handles i mean bang dream's gotten quite big and they did cover a lot of bang dream stuff there so i recommend checking it out if you're interested uh, Vanguard Zero as well. I'm a big fan because I've played Cardfight Vanguard for years. Newer mobile game, but when I'm locked down like this, having a card game outlet on my phone is actually quite nice. Definitely is. Uh, thank you for the update on Bush Road. Um, yeah, that was that's... like half as long as the panel itself. <laughs> there you go. But but I think it speaks to volume too that this was the same with many other panels too. I know that's the one you attended, but there was production IG. I only we had one brother Japan. Panel. I uh, go go Maki. Maki deserves a raise. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's kind of something but, I've noticed with the Anime Expo programming compared to Funimation or even Aniplex is rather than a panel being specifically about one anime or one IP, it's like here are these producers. We're going to tell you about all our projects. That's hilarious as you say that because my next topic was there was a a panel dedicated just for the world <laughs> with you anime adaptation. <laughs> but then again, that was such a rare thing. I think Square Enix just poured all their efforts into mm. that because well, that was a big it's, that was it's, the Squeenix it's panel. a big review yeah the Squeenix panel well, yeah. pretty Squeenix much but coming out with 
quite a bit anyway. There, they are. Uh, like, Squeenix, I this mean, game came out years ago, yeah. didn't it? Tweenie On came D- out. Yes. Yeah, Tweenie came oh, out that is very, a, very, very long ago. Mm-hmm. Mid-2000s, probably, especially as a DS uh, 2007, Ooh. based on my notes right here. So I know people younger a... than that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So for a franchise to to get an anime adaptation, I think this slate is quite incredible and welcome. Like the fans love it, and we got uh, and actually, even though we didn't get an anime episode premiere, they did premiere the trailer as well as the character designs for the anime at Anime Expo, which I thought was a huge treat. And it's unfortunate because the cover art for Anime Expo, uh, for the program guides, was a special art with the the cast, uh, the characters from the game and the mascots of AX. It's kind of sad that they couldn't use that. Um, but again, Warner Brother Japan was really awesome. They had the, they had a live Shogugeki between the voice of Soma and Asahi. Um, they had a segment for Tamachi and uh, Jojo's as well, and a live performance uh, to the to Giorno Giovanni's theme. Giovanna. Um, <laughs> Giovanna, thank you. Gi- Giorno Giovanna's theme uh, by the composer. Yugo Kano, right? I believe that's y- Yes, thank you, yeah. Yugo Kano. Uh, his name slipped out of my mind for a second, but that that was live because they actually had the interpretation over the Japanese, which I thought was a fascinating idea. It was a little bit difficult to hear, oh, but it was so a fascinating like, idea. They were speaking they were li- the English yep. over mm-hmm. the Japanese? Yes. Oh, it's kind of like this like UN... That's something I've seen, yeah, yeah like in Nintendo like Direct. The so UN or in news channels, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that Basically. reminds so thought... me, uh, things were... The Bushy Road panel was pre-recorded and... Mm-hmm. Uh, things were subtitled. I mean, Kakami Karin herself right. was speaking English mo- for the most part, but back to what Agnes was saying, uh, it again, it was more authentic. It's like you could just see everything the guests were saying in response to a Q&A and unfiltered, you know, without like the awkward translation. And that was one benefit. But you're yeah. saying in this panel, they were live interpreting and speaking. Well, not live interpreting, but did they record English over it? How'd it go? So it was, uh, it's kind of like this like, newscast, for those who follow the UN, you have them speaking Japanese, and then they have another audio of a woman or a male mm. speaking English yep. over it. Uh, so they had segments that were live. Some was pre-recorded, like the actual Shogugeki, uh, that, the That's actual right, food yeah. fighting. Um, but yeah, it was, it was fascinating. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, we were able to talk about one brother Japan uh, prior, so thank you to them for for give, uh, letting us know that they're doing these panels. So we were able to talk about it on our news, um, but yeah, that's uh, same thing with AX. It was it was what you would expect going to AX, and I was very happy. Um, those are the main highlights that I'm aware of. I know, yeah, Studio Orange did a panel with B stars and whatnot, and uh, there's a couple missing right now, but overall. They they did their best for only two to three months leading out. I was quite impressed. Yeah, I gotta appreciate the hustle. Definitely. Alright, and then we had one more over this weekend, which is the one that I definitely watched the most of. Well, was there anything else with Anime Expo Light, or did we really <laughs> wrap that's up all that? All, that's, that's all that comes to mind for me right now. That's all we wrote um, down in the show notes. So, was I totally yeah. off base with my idea that there were a lot of producers showing multiple IPs because I know Warner no, Brothers. That's yeah. I think that so, was valid. I uh, think that's a that's a fine statement to say. Like for example, the production IG panel was a lot of pre-recorded messages from producers and staff for mm, a bunch of different production mm. IG uh, IPs and whatnot. Um, so while it may not be like oh we don't have a thousand panels to talk about, each of those panels, uh, especially the ones yeah. that are announcement heavy. We're really dense with other stuff. 
So uh, the big takeaway actually was uh uh oh shoot. He did the character design for Final Fantasy. Oh, oh. Amano. Amano. I, Amano-san, Yoshitaki? I don't, Yoshitaki I don't pronounce it yeah, correct. He did yeah. an artwork for a Magic the Gathering card. Wow. He did, and he also, uh, he's working on the upcoming anime GBA, which will be airing. So he did a, a yes. live drawing segment. That's right. Um, but going back to your comment, Mehdi, that, that seemed to be the takeaway from Anime So It was industries and their brands talking about stuff. Because Pony Canyon had a big panel. Uh, Eleven right. Arts devoted their panel to asking people on how to bring anime titles to North America. So they devoted to a dialogue thing. Um, Tapas Media, which does webcomic online, did a podcast, uh, not podcast, sorry, a, a panel as well. Um, Write Stuff, same thing. I think League of Legends also did one about uh, skins, which was hilarious. It was about skin design, uh, yeah. It was actually pretty neat. Yes. So almost every panel did have a Q&A element, it seems. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, For that's definitely common in in-person cons. Now, Funimation Con, did they, well, as well as Aniplex Online Fest, was there as much like audience interaction, so to speak? So for Funimation, to... no, not qu- oh, actually, no, no, no. I take the back. They did. They did have a Q and A plugin built in. I didn't use oh, nice. it, but I saw it. So it was a live Q and A. Funimation. Yes, oh, you you could chat into it. Yeah, and they had a Discord attached too. For Aniplex, Ooh. everything was pretty much pre-recorded, yeah. minus the host, right. uh, Sally Amaki and uh, Max Powell's uh, right. Powers. Speaking of, but uh, bilingual English Japanese MCs, Sally Amaki. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh. But let's dive into Aniplex Online Fest yes, too right now. Aniplex Online Fest. I the way that I've viewed uh, a lot of Aniplex Online Fest, I've realized that like we had a lot of talking from from you three uh, about the other cons <laughs> that you all paid more attention to while I was off busy celebrating getting old. Um, I, I I literally <laughs> hard committed to like one panel and exposited on that <laughs> and everything else. Is, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I'm guilty for covering most of the Funimation Con, so the floor is yours, James. Hooray! I get to talk about Aniplex Online Fest. Uh, it was <laughs> now that I have my platform. Behold, as I give you my one sentence summary, <laughs> was fun. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining. Thanks us. Thanks for yes. listening. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, for real though, uh, what was interesting is, because I did watch a little bit of AX Lite, I didn't watch any Funimation Con, that's a lie, I watched the end of the Decadence thing, Um, but what felt really interesting is, we are here as anime trending, we were wearing our press hats as we were watching these panels, we were taking notes, we were writing articles about the announcements and what was going on at the panels, Funimation Con and AX Lite felt really like... A, a newsman's like a reporter's kind of convention we got announcements we got updates on upcoming projects we got some anecdotes and messages from production staff aniplex online fest at least the panels that i watched felt much more like a fans convention it had panels <laughs> like the kaguya sama panel where they where um are the voice actresses for uh kaguya and, and uh fujiwara you know came on and talked about romance and you know different cultures romance you know this is like in america there's no habit of confessing or you know stuff like that or in england you're supposed the guy's supposed to bring home flowers every friday or something like that and then you know discussions on favorite scenes from the show and it was very similar for the uh fate online panel where it was voice actors coming on and talking about what they enjoyed about the franchise and this and that and the other thing uh and so and it had a lot of the that you know interaction between the guests uh, and again, we talked about this for the previous two things. Having it be subtitled allowed for all the small talk and the fun responses to get translated, right. which really yeah. made it feel more like you were really in the room with them. 
not as much reporting wise, like no, not a huge number of announce, fewer, fewer like big announcements and whatnot. But as as a fan, at you know, just tuning in. What are to you talking like about? Amya Gohan Switch game. That was an important announcement. <laughs> That's Amya Gohan is coming. To Switch. <laughs> just... uh, now I need to actually buy Sorry. a Switch. I made that joke when Animal Crossing came out, but I didn't follow through because I had no money. Unfortunately, I'm employed by uh, I'm employed now and have disposable <laughs> income, uh, which is a terrible thing to be like. Ah, here's your paycheck, James, and then like literally three days later, have Aniplex go. Game coming to Switch. You better have a Switch. That's if you the want con this. experience. You go to yeah. a con. You spend all your money that you earn from your nine to five as you continue to live paycheck for to paycheck <laughs> for the rest oh of your gosh, life, guys. And we stare out Sorry, into the proceed. future. Is that is all the future? No. Uh, anyway, um, but Aniplex Online Fest was very much like a fans convention or online stream. Uh, the hosts, ten out of ten. Uh, I really enjoyed. Normally. A lot of times I'm like, I don't really care about what's going on for the host. Just get me to the, you know, get me to the reason I came here, which is these segments with the staff and the voice actors. But I really, truly enjoyed the interaction and commentary from the hosts for Aniplex Online Fest. I think Sally did an excellent job. Uh, I know she expressed at the end of day one, like, oh, I'd like to do that again. Make it happen. Uh, (laughs) It's really amusing. (laughs) There's also a really really good... Host, a male host. Uh, he was. You said that he was the one from Afa, right? He was also very good too. Yes. Uh, one of the. Oh, he was. A, he was an announcer. And by the way, referring to like the hosts that were managing the, the panels, not. Uh, well, Sally did a good job too, but a lot of MC? the. MC. It was MCs, yeah the MCs that introduced and segued into the various pre-recorded segments. Yeah. Oh shoot! I don't remember his name, but yeah, he was. He was. I the, my very first time interacting with him. Well, not. I didn't interact with him directly, but. I realized he was in every single panel I attended. It's Max Powers. Uh, he's an announcer. Not Max Powers, no. No, um, really? He's, no, he's the no, English MC. Him. It says on the website no, 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 right there's here. A, yeah, no, no, no. There was a different guy. A Japanese oh. Chinese MC. There's a Japanese... Uh, yeah, he spoke. He speaks Chinese too. Uh, he he does uh, broadcasting in Japan, like broadcast announcement and whatnot. Oh, wild. And he did a really good job. He's, he's essentially an otaku. He comes from otaku. He's been watching anime for all his life. And he he dove nerd. into a lot of the the top. Yeah, no, you, you should say have that, seen but... him at the Warlords panel. Oh, that was the nerdiest that, that panel. That was I saw that was in all of any place we'll online. To... It was really. Like you thought fate, I don't remember his name. Fate unfortunately, was nerdy. But... the guys at Warlords were even nerdier than Sunoko. Holy shoot! I you need to watch that. I think. Oh, it's online. Just to enjoy. It's it. online. I can. It's online it now for a little bit of time. Yeah. Um. So, oh yes. Okay. Uh, MC. Uh. Hisanori Yashira. He mm-hmm. is a. Um. He's the MC for a lot of the Japanese panels. Yeah. He's a Japanese announcer on the Nippon Broadcast System Radio Network. Oh, nice. And he hosted a lot of. Oh. He hosted a lot of the panels at C3 Alpha in Singapore. And he did a bunch here, mm. where he understands anime very well. So he was very engaging with these guests as if they were like his friends. Yeah. And it was really fun to watch. He not only is really. He's not only very knowledgeable in anime, but he's also very knowledgeable in the production of how anime mm-hmm. is like. So when we were watching the Warlords of Siegfried panel, he did a very good job of just segueing and transitioning in between regarding each of the panel members of their involvement in this show. That just might also be his were. skill as a person. It wasn't just a simple like, oh, definitely. what are I your thoughts about this it, show? It, it, it's valuable. It, and it, it definitely made a big difference in enjoyment too as well. So yeah. definitely kudos to him and watch Warlords of Siegfried like holy the panel like holy shit they were 
in depth about the planes and stuff that they were going to feature in that anime. It was mm, incredible. Airplanes. <laughs> anyway. Um, but but yeah, Aniplex Online Fest, I would agree with James as well. It was very fan-oriented, but they had big guests. Uh, they had, Jesus, uh, Hiroki Sawano. They did a little documentary with uh, Yuki Kaijuda, the composer. Kaguya-sama's voice actress, Chika and Kaguya, were there. Mamoru Miyano was there with... Uh, Oh, I forgot his name as well. The voice of... Uh, Yusuke Onuki. Uh, thank you. Oh. Was there for Millionaire Detective. And then Demon Slayer had uh, Natsuki Hanane and uh, the voice of Zenitsu, who I'm forgetting his name right now. There it is. Hiro Shimono. Uh, they were... It was just stacked. And I, by far, they had the most amount of Japanese guests, I would say. Yeah, they really... They really... They, they pulled out all the stops uh, for this particular panel. Which is, I'm not yep, surprised to see that. Because comparing how Funimation Con, I mean, this is all run by Funimation, but they're, it's a primarily, you know, American company with the dub side of things. They have their own, how do I put it? Now that they have a business I guess licensors, daddy, they're allowed, an to, anime expo allowed to get more stuff. Is Anime Expo. So all the individual panels had plenty of, you know, high profile guests and all that. Bush was able to pull its mm-hmm. people. Warner Brothers was able to pull its people. But Aniplex was run by Aniplex, so they, and you know, that's that's more first party, so to speak. Yeah, they have a larger catalog that they can easily pull from, and but uh, the fact they that they didn't did. hold back when doing so is is really good. They yeah, they pulled everything. Uh, they did like a anime marathon to tie in day one and day two during the period when people were typically asleep. They had that, and just the amount of titles here was absolutely incredible. Uh, I, uh, but with that, uh, I, uh... excuse me, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, we had some technical issues on the background, so I'm currently putting my own thoughts and opinions See, right now. we are an online con after all. <laughs> we are an online have all con, the issues, we have technical yeah, all issues, issues that come with beautiful. It. So now that we've discussed the three, in the broad sense of the, t- like, the broad idea of online cons... What are your opinions? I mean, whether or not you like it or hate it, this is going to be the way that it's going to be for a while. Um, you know, I don't see in-person large gatherings of people happening uh, for a considerable amount of time. So if you want to get your juicy anime fan, you know, if you need, if you need, your, if you need your secret sauce on how the anime gets made or if you just want to see basically, you know, a fun radio program except film, like, it was basically, like, using ax yeah. as an example they were basically podcasts uh like filmed podcasts in a way mm-hmm. uh which were great because i watch those uh you know and and having them you know the the nice and easy flow of the subs but anyways what were your when opinions are we of film this? the online um what were your opinions of the online setting of uh these three online conventions i use the word online like six times in one sentence <laughs> <laughs> it's okay i thought it was really convenient um at the same time, though, without that pressing nature of being at the event and assuming that things would be saved to watch later, I actually found myself not watching a ton of the panels or the streams. When I'm at a con in person, I'm like, oh, got to see this, got to see this, got to see this. But it's like, oh, I'll tune into that, I guess, or you know, I'll just get the news later. I think that they're an excellent thing. Uh, I, I'm very happy to kind of get that 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 thirst for knowledge and that excitement like i'm allowed to get excited about stuff again 
uh, it was really nice to see all the announcements to get that kind of hype. It it's really adds something to spice up the day-to-day -day life here. I have to admit, I am not a very fast typer. I didn't hang out in a lot of phone calls and Discord chats while this was happening. The one thing I miss, mm. and that's just the nature of social gatherings, was, you know, I didn't get to be in the panel room with my close friends and we, you know, all get to just, like, freak out together when they're, you know, the, the announcement is made. And so that, that mm -hmm. right. vibing off of your friends, you know, building off each other's energy at those kind of things, I missed that. Um, it was nice, though, to get, you know, basically some free entertainment. It was nice also that it was just free. Could you imagine if, if they... That's true. That? I think they That's may. That's a big deal. They may monetize they, it. They may in the future. That's the I thing for certain. I was in a uh, chat with segments. someone uh, earlier this week. He asked me, like, would this be a possible alternative instead of actually attending the con? Because a lot of people are coming from, especially for Anime Expo, are coming out of state and from abroad. Um, is... La is virtual con going to be still a thing despite you... having a regular con and i said it may not be the most feasible alternative if they can monetize it which i think they yeah. may yeah and you that's can't get autographs that... online though hmm? you can't get autographs on virtual cons yeah i mean it depends how much you value autographs highly I <laughs> for a lot of for a lot of I people do... that are willing to people stay up late like they'll camp overnight mm. to get a ticket. Have we talked about so... how Junji Ito at Crunchyroll Expo yes, last year basically broke the way Crunchyroll does their autographs and now it's a lottery system as opposed to standing in line? Right. There you go. And then Kata exposed just an entire con founded on the autograph line. <laughs> I'm still mad at what happened at Kata Expo. I'm just rearranging that autograph schedule to make it physically impossible. That's that's a whole other. Oh brand. right, right, be. right. That shouldn't. Yeah, be I'm like, what anyways. is this? Um, I hope that uh, virtual cons don't replace in-person ones because I like the in-personness of it. Uh, my wallet Same. definitely survived better from being online, <laughs> but I also do like shopping. That's fair. That exactly. That's definitely fair. I don't think uh, online cons online excuse me online cons online cons will replace. Uh, conventions for a couple of reasons uh, one security mm, yeah. I was really as shocked at how they did the premiere for by the, uh, by the grace of gods and decadence there's nothing stop when someone from just taking a video of it with their phone or screen capturing it so I don't know what kind of security they had in place I mean they did have the FBI warnings but that again, doesn't mean squad you're not in America <laughs> that's the thing there, if if there are unfortunately malicious people on the internet that are that, that do pirate this content so premieres are going to be tough and i think that's going to be the main thing especially if you're going to do premieres how to prevent it from being leaked because i don't know if i haven't checked yet if the by the grace of gods episode one is leaked uh from the convention and i really hope it doesn't but again the risk of that is really high Versus in person, it's very difficult to have a camcorder because there's staff, there are people watching. And also, I think just a general vibe, uh, not vibe, but just the energy that these Japanese guests get is incredible. Um, one case study is we interviewed the president of Aniplex, uh, Japanese, and he talked to, and we interviewed him when FGO just launched in uh, English, uh, eventually uh, for outside of uh, Japan. Yeah, and one of the main things, ago. it was three years ago. And one 
big takeaway I got from that was he noticed so many people were cosplaying characters from FGO when it was only in Japan. And I was wondering, why are people, how do people know about these characters? And he found out that a lot of them do play the Japanese version because it wasn't technically blocked. Anyone could download it if you had a Japanese account. But so many people knew about it that he realized that, wow, people in America really love FGO. Let's, let's go for it. Let's do it. And then, boom, FGO English is now a thing. And the concurrent views for Aniplex Online Fest was a couple thousand, three to four or five thousand. But then uh, they had a FGO uh, radio, Chaldea broadcast, US broadcast a few days after, or actually a day after, and that had 22 to 24 concurrent oh. viewers. Uh, sorry, 22 to 24,000 concurrent yeah, That's viewers. what I thought you meant. Sorry, like, wait. sorry. <laughs> I, I'm yeah, like, like 22 like 20 to 20 people. <laughs> Man, I know half of those. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, twenty-two to twenty-four thousand people viewers. than listen to our podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there's actually quite. I, I, there's actually, I, quite, I actually there's quite a bit. I, actually, I, I I'm joking. We appreciate you, uh, fans. We appreciate you, value uh, value listeners. But no, uh, going back to that was possible. FGO English was more became more possible when he came to Anime Expo to see the cosplay. And look at where it is now. It's it's booming. It's it is well. one of the most popular anime uh, mobile games out there, if not maybe the mo- you know one of the top mobile games out there right now. Yep. Um, so that kind of success or that opportunity to expand outside of Japan is very limited when it's just online. And yeah, also and say- seeing seeing crowds is a big thing. Every time we interview production mm-hmm. staff, and we're like mm. one of the. It feels like one of our generic questions, but we get different answers almost every time. But a lot of them is like, what was it like when you came to America and saw how many like weird Americans decided to show up for your thing? And the general <laughs> answer is like, holy cow, people like this. I mean, I've well, always a lot been of weird told Americans. it, but I never believed them until I saw it. It goes, it goes for both voice actors and actresses and also for manga writers too. Like we did oh, at yeah. Disco, I think two years ago at Anime Expo. And a lot of the comments was that she was really surprised at how ardently passionate people are for these series that are almost stay home or staple classics to mm-hmm. the the American experience of anime you know mm-hmm. so it really opens their perspective of how much their works can impact people outside of Japan people who have different cultural views but still have I guess the same emotional values as well uh, why do you think Fruits Basket hits so many people across the world? Mm-hmm. Same thing. So and We have a reboot now. Right, exactly. That's why we have a reboot. So with these actual cons, and Megumi Ogata actually pointed this out in her interview for Hanoko-kun, is that she really missed seeing the smiles on people's faces while going to any kind of live con because it's what motivates her. It's what drives her to actually do more in voice acting, even though she's had so many years of voice acting, especially as uh, as early as her debut in Yu Yu Hakusho. So these actual in-person cons are also equally important to the staff and for the voice actors and actresses themselves. Without a doubt, but I think this past weekend uh, proves that this virtual con can work in the current current environments and hopefully they will continue to do some of them online too even when things go back to normal uh just the ability to reach more people who just can't make it to la or can't make yeah. it to, for me going to singapore holy crap across right. an ocean yeah that's, um, and that experience is different that's definitely a, like i i am blessed to live in california uh because i am 
you know, even while LA for me is like, oh, it's so far, I have to get on the train and take the train all the way down to Southern California. Uh, I cannot imagine the, like, I live in New York, I certainly would like to go to AX to see the thing. How much is a plane ticket? Oh, $400 because it's 4th of July weekend? Sure. Um, you know, and so I think being able to get more of that info out to more people is definitely good. Uh, oh, no, but for sure. yeah, that in-person, yeah. that in-person feeling is, is great. I feel like the takeaway is, uh, virtual cons. Good. Please do more of them. But also we certainly would like real life conventions to come back. Yeah. I think without a doubt, with the virtual cons, it serves as a good backup. We know better now how to manage ourselves and figure out how we can do something as a substitute rather than a complete replacement, especially yeah. if we're going to be in another era, God forbid, of another virus or a, a different pandemic or or even a war for all i know um, as, as yet least... another of moses's plague sweeps across the nation <laughs> yeah and the world. at <laughs> least with these virtual cons it will still keep us connected yeah definitely all right and with that now it's time we'll for the question up. corner right because we announced that on the last podcast right and we've totally set up two podcasts ago right? isn't oh, it no. <laughs> It was it was last week, but oh. unfortunately, we did not we did not get any questions. questions. The channel had some issues. Oh no! Uh, because I was setting it up for our summer twenty twenty, uh, chat, but I think it actually wiped some stuff. So um. Unfortunately, we don't have that <laughs> corner this week. We've also only given so much time, you know, between release that is true. and recording. Uh, I will. Uh, be opening it immediately after the recording of this podcast. Hooray. So yes, yeah, so you are still sticking with us to the very end. Uh, you are awesome. Uh, these podcasts are a great a great opportunity for us to kind of ramble, but also share some of our insights because we get we're very we're fortunate to be able to work very closely with a lot of uh, Japanese correspondents and the companies behind these, and it's always a, a a privilege and honor to be also share some of that experience with everyone, just to kind of see what it's like, and it's very different from other industries. But yes, we will be opening the question things uh, question channel, excuse me, on the Discord server for Anime Trending Discord.gg slash a-n-i-t-r-e-n-d-z or you go to our website there should be a link at the very bottom uh, for you to go to our discord uh, we will open a question segment there so please do submit your questions uh, we will be answering them and with that uh, that's all we have uh, thank you for listening to this week's uh, special podcast about some of the virtual cons that's currently happening uh, we're looking forward to covering some of that summer 2020 anime as well as other topics coming soon, so stay tuned. Yes, yeah, so this week's special podcast that, that came out at the exact same time and schedule as the regular podcast. Exactly. For the because breaking news podcast. of anime conventions from almost a week ago by the time you're listening. And the breaking I mean, we news of some weddings, news. which will have happened a week ago well, by the time this gets out. Oh, that's true, yeah. That's true. Now they know when we're nonetheless. This. But nonetheless, thank you very much. Uh, I am Dubles. I am James. I am and the other two were dead. <laughs> and uh, with that, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Quick, somebody sing an outro song. No.